Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Acosta Pond podcast. It's a privilege to join you today. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to me. Um, today I'm joined by a special guest from the First Down podcast. His name is Aaron. Uh, he's been doing some great work himself. He's uh, working really nicely on the Instagram. Uh, he's been doing good. So we we jump on. We're going to be talking some football. The most of the podcast is the playoffs. Uh, we also talk a little bit about uh, what go, what is going on in the NFL right now in terms of the Deshaun Watson um, trade rumors. So we talk a little bit about that. And also we uh, have a cool little question at the end of who do we think is going to be the sort of uh, team that surprises everyone next year and has a good year. Um, so thank you once again for Aaron uh, for joining me. Uh, thank you to you guys for joining in. I really hope you enjoy uh, what I'm doing. Hopefully we can get a few more guests on. I haven't had a guest on in a while uh, in terms of uh, a player, coach, example. So we're going to be reaching out to a few people, especially now that the season's ended and a few people are a bit more freed up. We're going to be reaching out, seeing what we can do. The more you share this around, the more you follow us uh, on social media, the more you sort of get the word out about our podcast, the more things we can bring you. That means more content. That means more YouTube videos. That means more guests. So I'm going to plug it because I plug it in every single episode. If you haven't already, please go follow me at across the underscore pond. Hey, some big things coming up in talks with a few people, a few uh, young lads. We're going to be working on a few things with the podcast, uh, some affiliations potentially. So there's a few things in the work right now. Uh, and I'm excited to be able to share them with you. We're trying to grow this podcast into something special uh, and, you know, all your support, all your appreciation goes so far. So, I mean, if you enjoy what we do, please share it around. Please tell people to go listen. Um, and also, we're dropping some YouTube videos now. So, YouTube is becoming one of those things I'm getting into. I really enjoy making videos. I have a great editor uh, called Nick. I plug him all the time. So, if you want any work done by him, make sure you go and hit him up. Or if you just want to see what he does and you appreciate uh, what he does for our podcast, then go hit him up as well. Go follow him. Um I will leave his at uh, on my YouTube videos, whatever he edits. So just make sure you go look in the bio. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, and I'll be joining Aaron on his podcast very shortly. So make sure you go over to his uh, Instagram. It will be featured later on in the podcast. Make sure you go over to his Instagram and keep a lookout for when we uh, upload. Because uh, I know he's got some good things he wants to talk about and uh, you know, I've got, I can ramble on for days. So, but well, anyway, for, without further ado, uh, I'm going to start this podcast now, start this interview. Hey, I really hope you enjoy. Thank you for Aaron for joining me and uh, yeah, let's get straight into it. Okay, guys, and welcome to the Across the Pond podcast. Today, I am joined by Aaron from the First Down podcast. How are you doing, Aaron? Doing pretty good, man. How about you? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, what's going on over where you live in? Uh, how's uh, COVID? What you've been up to, and uh, how you dealing with everything? Well, we just got through the holidays, and our governor has now announced we can actually go and eat inside of restaurants. So everyone around me is pretty excited right now. But school is still in virtual right now. But besides that, we're doing pretty good. Well, we just went uh, into another lockdown. But uh, we was talking about this just a little earlier. There's one thing that's probably keeping both of us going and, and keeping the majority of Americans and, and people who love football going. Uh, we're going into the NFL playoffs. 
how are you feeling? Are you excited? Uh, talk to me a little bit about your emotions going into this, uh, this uh, playoff season. Hey man, I'm really excited because we have not only three games on Sunday, but we also have the three games on Saturday after the college. So it'll make up for not having some playoff games this week. Pretty excited <laughs> for all these games pretty much. Well, talk to me uh, a tiny bit about, uh, we, we talked a little earlier, had a little issue with our connection, but you uh, mentioned mm-hmm. something that was, um, I think we will we'll have a little debate about this, the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, you said you felt like the Browns could be uh, an upset team and beat the Steelers. Uh, explain to me why, uh, and then I'll get into my point of why I think that is not going to happen. All right, so when it comes to the coach getting COVID with Stefanski, uh, I, the, the one thing that I've heard from pretty much everybody else is the coach that's replacing them has the same coaching style. It's the same plays. It's Everything is the same. It's just not Stefanski. It's somebody else, and... I've heard no bad things from anybody. And the one bad thing about the Browns on their team, the one spot that I'm scary about them being able to get very far in the playoffs is their defensive backs. Besides for, uh, there's a Denzel Ward, his name, besides for him, they really have no guys back there that can defend anybody off a deep ball attack. Luckily enough, the only thing the Steelers can't do offensively or one of the many things they can't do offensively is throw the ball deep. So Ben Roethlisberger is basically not going to be able to throw against this team because the only thing they have to, you know, compete against them with their, is their linebackers and their linebackers can beat this team out for defensively at least. Well, okay. We uh, let's rewind really quickly and let's go back to week 17. Obviously the Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers just matched up against each other. Now, this is the reason I don't believe that the um, Pittsburgh Steelers will lose to the Browns. And it's down to the fact that let's be honest, the majority of players playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, weren't starters. You know, they weren't really trying. That game was just uh, let's, let's uh, go out, let's play, let's put Mason Rudolph in uh, and the Browns, barely just beat the Steelers. Now, doesn't that indicate to you that this team might not be able to play playoff football? Like, let's remember the Browns haven't been in to the playoffs since 2002. No one in that team, player-wise, other than being on different squads, has had any experience being in the playoffs with this team. There's no one on that team who can say, yeah, last year or, or yeah, two years ago, uh, when we went to the playoffs with this team, this organization, no one can say that it's, it's a, it's a new experience and you're going up against a quarterback who's had a lot of experience in there. You've going up against an organization that has had the second most amount of Super Bowl wins. You're going up against Mike Tomlin, who's been in the Super Bowl, who's won a Super Bowl uh, and has been in multiple playoffs. How do you go against uh, the Steelers and feel comfortable going into that game when you know that Steelers team, Hey, look, it might not be the best team as obviously we, we know that because they lost to the Bengals, Washington football team, and I can't remember the, the third team they lost to, but they went on a three three game losing streak. How do you go into that game feeling feeling confident? Well, exactly what you said. They have not been in the playoffs since two thousand two. This is this team's Super Bowl. They have never gotten to this point. The city of Cleveland is so excited for them to be playing in this game. I think this team can actually make some plays and listen Ben Roethlisberger is on his last legs here he said he's probably going to come back next year but just to fulfill the last year of his contract and then after that it looks like he's going to retire so he's on his last legs and this offense is very young and very inexperienced Juju I think was in one playoff game and 
all these other wide receivers are young and just inexperienced. Claypool is in his first year. All these guys are in their first years. And with the losses of multiple key players on defense from how well they're playing earlier this year, and um, we've seen them lose to multiple teams, like you said, including the Bengals, which is one of the worst teams in the league right now, the top three picks. I could definitely see an upset here with the Browns winning this game. The one thing that uh, worries me about the Browns is, look, I know Baker Mayfield might be the savior in Cleveland to some Browns fans, but to me, I don't know about you personally, but to me, Baker Mayfield doesn't feel like he's the the star that everyone anticipated. He doesn't feel like he's a shining point in this Browns team. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not a bad quarterback. He wouldn't be in my top five, but he's probably contending top 10. Um, He's not a great quarterback for me. I don't feel like he has enough in him to lead a team, you know, through the playoffs. Let's be honest. Do you feel like Cleveland, uh, Cleveland will ever be led to a, a, say, for example, AFC Championship game with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback? Okay, well, listen, this is this is a classic case of he's a game-managing quarterback. If all the other pieces are working really well, he's going to succeed. He's kind of like Kirk Cousins. If the, if the Vikings are doing really well, then Kirk Cousins is doing really well. But Kirk Cousins is not going to win you those games. So, I mean, yeah, I can see them winning a game against a team like the Steelers because I just find them matched up really well. But the way I see this playoff happening, I see them playing the Chiefs next weekend. Do you see them having any chance against the Chiefs? Because I really don't see that happening. Who are we talking about if the Steelers got through? Uh, the Browns. If the, if Browns, the Browns made got, it through the, this game, could they play the Chiefs and win? Because I don't think so. I don't. There's a, there's a difference between Browns and uh, Browns football and Steelers. Uh, sorry, Browns football and Chiefs football. Like there's a difference in those organizations. Um, you know, look, the Chiefs are a different breed. The Chiefs are a different kind of animal. You look at Patrick Mahomes and you compare him to. Um, you compare him to Baker Mayfield and, you know, you, you just you just don't put them in the same category. They're not in the same league. You know, it's like one's playing high school football. The other one's playing, uh, you know, professional football. Obviously, that's an over-exaggeration. Baker Mayfield is professional football level. But, yeah, no, I don't see the Browns even being able to contend the game against the Chiefs um, just because, like like you said, you, you, talk to, you talk to me and you tell me that, um, you know, the, the issue you felt with the Browns was their defense, you know, their backfield. Now, what is the one thing that wins the games for the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes with his arm, Tyreek Hill with his speed, just the ability to scheme. Like Andy Reid's crazy when it comes to scheming. You imagine you're a defensive coordinator, and I tell you, okay, you've got to you've got to uh, go up against the Chiefs. You, you're not going to know where to start. Who am I going to guard first? Okay, if I guard him, and I just don't feel like that Browns organization has it in them to like actually be able to stop it. So yeah, the Browns going up against the Chiefs would just be like a slaughterhouse. Now, the Steelers probably would get slaughtered as well, but I feel like they would put up a bit of a fight because the experience is there in the team. Mike Tomlin's there, but yeah, the Browns go there. It's uh. It's, it's, it's completely game over for me. I'm, I'm guessing you have the same opinion on that one. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I don't see any teams in the AFC minus the Bills being able to beat the Chiefs. And I still see the Chiefs beating the Bills. I think the only close game you could see is with the Bills playing them, but I don't see them winning. Well, yeah, no, you're completely right. I don't see anyone in that AFC division. Now, don't get me wrong. Look, we know this from games the Chiefs have played that the Chiefs are beatable. I'm not going to sit here and defend them and say they're completely 
uh, unbeatable. You're not going to be able to beat them because number one, it's playoff football. We all know in the playoffs, anything can happen. The regular season, everything flows just a little bit, you know, like you feel like uh, this team's going to win, that team's going to win. Uh, and usually you're right. But when it comes to the playoff, like playoff games, it, it nothing ever feels like it's guaranteed. That's the one thing I feel like um, the Chiefs have against them. It is being in the playoffs. Um, and it's like the only team that can really beat them, in my, in my opinion, in, in terms of ability, who can match them uh, offense, defense is, is, is the Bills. Um, but I still have the Chiefs being able just to come out there and, and, and just build, uh, beat that Bills team down. I don't feel like the Bills will, uh, will have a chance uh, if they did actually take that back. They would have a chance. But they they wouldn't win. That that Bills team that Bills team is very good. Like let's just admit it, it is very good. And I feel like if they played, it would be just a shootout. But I don't think we should be looking at the Chiefs as this like immortal figure here. It's not like they haven't been in close games in pretty much every game this season. That's how they win. They win in shootouts and close games. And generally, all the games they've played recently against decent teams have been very close. Let's go back to when they play the Panthers. That was a game within two points. And then the Raiders, that was in within four. The Buccaneers within three. And they go to the Broncos within five. And they go and play the Dolphins within six. And they go play the Saints within three points. And then they go play the Falcons within three points. And then I'm not going to count the last game because they didn't have Patrick Mahomes in. All these games are close enough that if a few plays happen correctly, I think a team could beat them. And I think they could have lost a, quite a few games this year, but just because of a few plays going in the Chiefs' favor, they lost those games. So I don't. I think the Bills do have a very good chance of beating them. Yeah, I go back to I believe it was Week Four. Okay, um, and obviously I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, we came into the game uh, with uh, who was it? Uh, Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is our starting quarterback. Cam Newton was out. Obviously, we know how awful that offense has been with the Patriots. Um, and even even the Patriots defense who towards the end of the year crumbled, even they like showed signs of actually beating the Chiefs. Now, at the end of the day, even if Cam Newton was in, I still believe the Chiefs would have won. But what it showed there was even with a, a, a deflated team, uh, a, deflated, a, a deflated team, no pun intended there, um, with Brian Hoyer's quarterback that, um, you know, look, this team can be beatable. Like if it was... If there was a better offense for the Patriots game, uh, they they could have had a good a good chance of of pulling a, a little upset. And it's the same like you said with the Chargers, with the Falcons. Hey, the Falcons almost won. Um, Patrick Mahomes almost threw the pick into the uh, end zone, uh, and that would have been game over. The the DB unfortunately dropped it, and then the kicker for the Falcons missed the field goal, and it could have been a tie game. Now, it makes you think like. If they are getting down to the wire of some of these teams that you class as mediocre, you know, what's going to happen when they're in the playoffs? But, you know, at the same time, I still don't feel like they are beatable in the playoffs in terms of like, I don't have much confidence in many teams beating them. Does not mean it can't happen? Doesn't mean it can't happen by any means. The Bills can beat them, but you just look at it and you go, hey, this team is beatable, but let's be realistic. Are they going to lose? And that's the only thing in the AFC. I, I feel like if you're a better, you you should put your money on the Chiefs. You probably won't get anything back, but it's probably the safest option because with the way they're playing, even though they are beatable, it just doesn't. I don't have the trust in any team to go out there and finish a job. I think what we need for a team to be able to beat them is a team with a very good defense, 
and then a very high scoring offense, which is very hard to find in this league. And I think the only two teams that I can reasonably assume can compete with them is maybe the three teams are the Saints, Packers, and the Bills. I think those are the only three teams that can compete. And I think all three of those teams have places where they can get killed by them. So I just it's just a pick your poison for which way you want to get killed by the Chiefs this year, I guess. No, it's true. No, it's definitely true. Now, uh, let me move on really quickly to uh, the games this uh, Saturday and Sunday. Now, let's go through these games. Uh, and I want you to tell me um, who do you think is going to win? We'll start with the AFC and then we'll discuss the NFC just a little bit because we haven't really touched that area of the playoffs. We'll discuss the NFC just a little bit uh, and then we'll, um, you know, give our predictions for those games. So I'm going to start with the uh, Bills versus the Colts. Who do you have in that game? I have the Bills in this game. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's a game where the Colts defense is just trying to hold off this Bills offense here. I think you could see a high-scoring game, but I think the Bills match up very well against the Colts. Uh, Philip Rivers would, is going to be have to, is going to have to be forced to throw at the end of this game, and I just don't see Philip Rivers being able to outthrow Josh Allen. No, I agree. Um, look, I don't know about you, but on a personal level, do you feel like Philip Rivers at the end of this season, like at the end of this season, should just call it quits? Yeah, this is. It. I think it's not a matter of if he's going to retire. It's going to be a matter of when after the off season he's going to retire. If it's going to be close to right after, or way after, you're not really sure. Yeah, like like you're saying, the Colts just snuck into the playoffs. Like, let's be honest, the Colts mm-hmm. barely made it into the playoffs. Now. Don't get me wrong. They're a team that potentially could pull an upset. We looked last year and we look at the Titans, you know, them beating the Ravens, them beating the Patriots. And you went, where did, you know, where did they come from? But the Colts, you know, potentially could pull an upset against the Bills. I mean, the odds of it are like, I don't know, 3%. Uh, you know, it, it, the odds are so slim. Um, but with Philip Rivers as your quarterback, I don't feel like you should be too excited for the playoffs. He just doesn't feel like a a quarterback who can really play anymore, who can really ball anymore. Like we talked to, at the offseason about the O-line for the Colts being way better than the Chargers. And I had in my mind, I was like, maybe that's a chance for Philip Rivers to show who he is. Um, and I think he did. And he showed that he is a mediocre quarterback. He isn't a quarterback who can really play in this league anymore. And I think it's time for Colts fans to uh, get ready to move on from the guy who's only been there for a year. Because I think it's game over for him. I have uh, the Bills easily winning this game. Um, and I don't, you know, I want to say there they could be an upset, but let's be honest, it, it's probably going to go into the Bills' the Bills' favour. But talking about the Bills, though, I did hear reports that uh, Stefan Diggs could be out for this game, and potentially even Josh Allen. Now, I don't know how accurate those reports were. I don't know if you've heard anything about this. This was in the last couple of hours. But even if they do go into the game without Stefan Diggs, are you, are you worried? No, not really. I mean, if if you have your if you have Josh Allen out and you have Stefan Diggs out, then I'm a little bit worried, but I'm not sure how true those those are if you want to research that right now. But I mean, I think this game could be closer than you would assume just because of how dominant this Colts defense is. But reasonably, if you had a quarterback on the Colts, you could see him having a chance. Even if you had like Ryan Tannehill, like we were talking right. about the Titans earlier, I could I could definitely see them playing against the Bills and potentially winning but with philip rivers i don't i don't see that happening at all so i'm gonna go back and quickly uh fact check myself josh allen was just in the photo of the article the two players that are questionable it is correct stefan diggs uh and colt beasley uh and the 
the question is, you know, is Josh Allen going to struggle without, let's be honest, uh, two of his wow. best receivers, two of his top receivers. So Cole Beasley could be out uh, and Stefan Diggs could be out. Um, they're both listed questionable after practicing uh, on a limited basis on Thursday. Uh, I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's injury for both of them. Uh, but with two of his top receivers out, is Josh Allen still getting the, uh, the job done? Let's, let, let, let's remember we have uh, Devin Singletree in the backfield. Um, and Josh Allen, you know, he's, he's shown even against uh, Miami when he was just like throwing the rock to anyone, you know, that, he's, he, that team still can play. But two of his top receivers, now do we change it if they're both out? Well, this is probably what I'm going to assume is it's a COVID thing because if, since they're both those two guys next to each other, they're uh, close proximity. You could assume these guys could be out for this week and possibly next week we could be thinking about, but I mean, let's be to look back to last year with the bills where they did not have Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley wasn't as good as he is this year. Mm. They still won games last year, but what, what do you think could happen? Do you think the Colts could potentially win this game? I mean, I don't think Devin Singletary in any way could run down the number one rush defense in the league right now. So no. I, I don't see that happening. The the only thing I could see if both of them were out, you know, that gives the chance of the upset happening. Uh, like you said, Devin Singletree probably won't want to. He's still a good target to go to. You know, he still probably make a few plays, but you can't rely on him like you can rely on someone like Alvin Kamara to run down a defense. You know, he's not he's not one of those guys that can command an offense, but Josh Allen is. But at the same time, you know, he needs his, he needs his targets there. But let's not forget... Um, they aren't stupid on offense down there for the Bills. Uh, I, you, you're going to have to remind me, uh, the coach, is it um, McDermott for the for them, isn't it? I believe it is. I can never remember. He's like the one coach. I can never remember the name yeah, before. I always get, I, he's, I always a, he's, get a, well. he's a genius. Yeah. He's under the uh, Andy Reid tree. So I, I would keep him in the same realm as a great offensive mind like Andy Reid that you learn from. Go back, to, uh, go back to what you was talking about last year. And I remember the Texans versus the uh, Bills game. And like you said, Josh Allen had no targets. And the Bills uh, just lost to, or was it that, that miracle play by Watson where he just seemed to evade everyone around him, throw the ball deep downfield. Yep. And um, yeah, look, Josh Allen, he's improved a lot. He's matured a lot. He's been able to be in a, a winning system uh, and a winning team, which makes which makes him a better player. So even if they're both out, I feel like that team still has the highest chance of winning. Um, but I feel like as long as it's not a COVID thing and it doesn't bake protocols, I feel like they'll either put uh, Cole in there or they would put Stefan Diggs in there, just someone for him to have whoever feels better on the night. Because let's be honest, it's the playoffs. You know, you don't put them in, you won and done potentially. You put them in, they do okay. You know, they, they recover for next week. You have both your series back. So I say... Potentially, they keep one of them in if uh, if they're able to play. And it's not a COVID situation, um, but I still have the Bills winning. It's just going to be a more exciting game. It, 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 it will be a more exciting game if the if the Bills uh, don't have both their top receivers. Uh, are you are you got the same sort of prediction in mind? Yeah, I think it's going to be. This is going to come down to a field goal. I think right at the end of this game. I mean, this this is a team where the Bills last year they lost because they didn't have another weapon. They needed a player like Stefan Diggs to win them that game. Is that Stefan right. Diggs? I'm not sure what they can do without a rush off, without a rushing offense. You have none of that against a Colt, like team like the Colts. I mean, who mm-hmm. are you going to throw to besides Sean Brown on that team? There's nobody that I can see that can win them that game. So I'm kind of feeling like if those two guys are out at game time, the Colts will be able to win that game. Okay. Well, 
We'll go with what's been reported now. And currently they're both in, they're just questionable, uh, which we both had the Bills winning if they're, if they're both playing. Um, if they're playing, the Bills will definitely win. Yep. Yeah. So we'll, we'll move on now. to the an, another AFC game now, uh, the Titans versus the Ravens. Now this one, uh, I know many people are going with the Ravens, but uh, personally I'm not. Uh, I don't know about yourself, but I'm actually going with the Titans for this one. Um, just down to the fact that, hey, I like Mike Vrabel's uh, I like what they've been doing down in Tennessee. Now, I, I use this a lot for experience. I like to compare how my team play against other teams. And luckily, the Patriots played the Ravens. Now, game conditions weren't great. But there was one thing that I picked up from that Ravens team was they're not the same Ravens team as they were last year. Like, let's be honest, Lamar Jackson isn't MVP Lamar. He's not big trust anymore. He is just Lamar Jackson last year's MVP, I don't feel like he command like he can command this team to beat in the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans, in my opinion, are a team that sometimes they'll come out and they will have an awful game and you go, you know, what's going on with this squad? Like what but then they'll come out in other games and they will just absolutely run the ball down your throat. Like you look at the Green Bay Packers game and you know they they played awful, you know, they they made mistakes they didn't really get their passing game going Derek Henry couldn't really go uh, get going and they played in week 17 against uh I'm gonna have to be reminded of this but they played last week and they they ran right you know Derek, uh, Derek Henry had a, an amazing game and I feel like against the Ravens a team that really in my opinion don't have something about them you know it, that, that's how I just feel they don't feel like they have something about them this year I feel like the Tennessee Titans have this game going in against the Ravens um Potentially Lamar can use his legs and potentially win in the game, but he's not been good with his feet this year. Teams have played him well. And Mike Rables is obviously a, a defensive guy himself, so I feel like they'll be able to uh, win that game. Uh, what are you going with yourself then? Let's not kid ourselves here. Lamar Jackson is not an MVP like he was last year, but he's still a decent quarterback this year. I think he's a little bit above average, a top 10 quarterback, but I mean, with the 2,000-yard rusher on the other side and Ryan Tannehill with so many weapons on that team, I don't. I see them winning the time of possession game and just holding on to this ball, and I don't see Lamar Jackson being able to do the same the way they're going to be able to do that. So I think maybe a little bit of a closer game, a 10-point game, maybe like that, and I think the Titans are going to win this game. I think the real question is, um, if you're the Ravens, is how do you stop one guy on that team? How do you stop Derek Henry from absolutely running the ball down your throat? It's, it's a question that, you know, either a team answers and they completely shut him out or it's, it, I mean, usually it is just a fact that he completely runs wild over them. How do you, how do you shut a guy like that down? How do you stop him from absolutely running riot? How do you stop him from milking the clock? How do you stop the Tennessee Titans if you're the Ravens? Well, you got to look at some film here. The the only the few teams that have been able to stop Derrick Henry have won the game. If you look back even recently, if you keep him under 100 yards like the Packers did, the Packers can just keep the ball and they can win the game. Unfortunately for that, if you're trying to just keep Derrick Henry out, like you saw in that read option play with Ryan Tannehill, he ran 65 yards to the house for a touchdown because all you were trying to do was stop Derrick Henry. So even if you are able to stop Derrick Henry, there are still multiple other ways for them to be able to beat you. Ryan Tannehill is a very good quarterback, and I'd say he's even better than Lamar Jackson at some points this year. So you could see them winning uh, passing, even if they can't rush the ball this week. Ex-wide receiver as well. Let's not forget that that guy played uh, wide receiver in college as well. He does have the ability to take off and run. Obviously, he's not like 
Lamar Jackson where he's going to be duking everyone out and uh, taking ankles, but he he can go. Like once he gets like a bit of steam, it, it's like okay, oh, watch out. Like this guy's going to run it a little bit. Uh, but yeah, my in my opinion, um, you know, you've got to stop Derek Henry from running the ball. You've got to be aware of where he is, what he's doing in every play. But then, like like you said, at the same time, you you be aware, potentially you be too aware. And, you know, next thing you know, you've left someone open. Next thing you know, uh, Ryan Tannehill is running it. Next thing you know, uh, it's, it's a fake. For, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like, if you can't stop him, you aren't, you aren't going to win this game. So I've got, I've got the Ravens losing this game just down to the fact that, hey, who's on the other side of that? Uh, who's on the other side of that ball? It's Derek Henry. Like, <laughs> there's, nothing, exactly. there's nothing in my opinion that I can go, yeah, uh, this this Ravens offense is going to uh, Ravens defense. Sorry, is going to stop him. Uh, they don't even really have many uh, like weapons on on defense. Uh, for, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think their their defense has played that uh, that well this year, have they? Middle of the pack, I'd say top fifteen, but not good enough to stop Derrick Henry. But yeah, we talk- you know the Green Bay Packers did that, and they have a god awful defense. So mm-hmm. yeah, know that we could see an upset here, possibly. Do I see that happening? No, but you can never rule it out. <laughs> Hey, yeah, no, that's, that's true. The Titans did come in last year and actually beat the Ravens through an upset. So what if the Ravens come in this year and beat the Titans through an upset, you know? Like, you never know. Exactly. So it, you never know these games. It's the playoffs. That's what I say every, every time we talk about these. It's the playoffs. You, you never really give like an accurate prediction of who's going to win because you're in such an intense game where every play matters. And, you know, some of these, some of these opponents mm-hmm. haven't matched up all season. And it's like, okay, this is a different ball game. Um, we actually did discuss the other game we're talking about, and I'm guessing you're going for the Browns for an upset, then. Yep. And I'm going, so for, the going for the Browns. Yep. I- I'm going. I'm. I'm 100 going for the Steelers. You're going for the Browns. So we matched up on two of them. Uh, we have the Bills. We have the Titans, and then we split on the Browns versus Steelers, a divisional game as well, which I think is going to be interesting. Now let's quickly move on into the NFC. Um, let's discuss some NFC teams real quick. Uh, the Green Bay Packers have been like unstoppable the best team in the nfc in my opinion um do you have anyone who can actually go into this game uh go up against the packers sorry, uh, and uh, that you know even have the chance of beating them so the one thing the packers have not been able to do is when the teams blitz them for a for pretty much every single play Aaron Rodgers has struggled, and I mean, you saw that against the Buccaneers. You saw that with the Vikings. You, I mean, um, the Vikings game was had multiple injuries, so I'm not going to give them too much crap about that. But then against the Colts, they had a lot of pressure against them, and even that game you had a fumble at the end to lose the game. So it wasn't even a lot of Aaron Rodgers' fault in that game, but they shouldn't have been in that situation anyway. But, I mean, a team like the Washington football team, with a, a very good defensive line, if not the best defensive line in the league. I think a team like them could come into Lambeau and surprise it and surprise everybody and win that game. But I don't really see any other teams, including the Buccaneers. I do not see any other teams beating the Packers in the in NFC. I'm I'm shocked that you you brought the Washington football <laughs> Washington football team into. I, that's the only team that I feel like aren't gonna aren't gonna play well. Um, I, I love what they've done down there in Washington. I love the, the fact that they've been able to make the playoffs at the four seed with a losing record uh, in a, in a God awful division. Um, but huge credit to Ron Rivera. Like that man has struggled all year. You know, he's, he's battled through cancer. He's battled through uh, 
coaching an awful organization in an awful division. Uh, so all credits to him, but I, I can't see, you know, the only, the, I can't see the Washington football team even, you know, making it past the Buccaneers, but the only team I, I don't, I don't, have, I don't, I don't, I don't see them beating the Buccaneers. I right. just think they match up very think, well against the Packers. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I'm not sure on where, who will play the Packers? Is it if the will the Bucks play the Packers if they win against the football yep. team? So I believe. Yeah, it it looks like it's going to either be the Buccaneers, it'd be the Washington football team Buccaneers, or it'd be the the Bears. So it's going to be the Buccaneers. It looks like. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to take the uh, Buccaneers to be the team that beats Green Bay, uh, and this is just the case between the two old guys, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. It's just going to be a comp like we look at past years and we look at Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady you know that that magical you know you know the magical three words Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady well actually that's not three words but you get what I'm saying the magical uh, the magical sentence you, you hear that and you go like this is this is going to be a matchup this is going to be something that's fun and I feel like Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers in an NFC playoff you know you probably th- you probably never thought you would hear that in your whole time watching football, but hey, they're playing. They uh, if they win, obviously they'll play each other. And I feel like the only team that can go in there and beat the Green Bay Packers at, at this rate is uh, Tampa Bay, and that's just because it, it's going to be a battle between the quarterbacks. It's going to be a battle between the offenses, in my opinion. And I feel like Tom Brady is going to come out on top if they do match up. Are you uh, are you playing the same ball game as me? You know, I'm I'm a little worried about the Tampa Buccaneers, the Buc- Buccaneers here, because they have not been able to compete with some of these teams like the Falcons and like the, uh, the Vikings and a game where you should be winning by 30 points, something like that with that offense. You saw them lose to the Vikings or they beat the Vikings, but it was a 26 to 14 game where this is the worst defense the Vikings have ever had. And you only put up 26 points against them. And then as of recently, you played, the Chiefs and only put up 24 points against that defense. Now I think you should be able to put up at least a few more points than 24 points with that many weapons against a, chief, a Chiefs defense, which is a below par if best, you know. Yeah, well the big talk obviously so. well the, the big talk was between um uh Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, are they are they right for each other? Are they right fit for each other? Uh is Bruce Arians installing a a game plan that Tom Brady, because he's old now, right? We all know what what works well for Tom Brady. It's the stance, it's the checkdowns, it's the it's the um, running back, running out the backfield. And obviously, Bruce Arians at the start of the season was, can you throw the ball 20, 30 yards downfield every couple of plays and make something work? That's the way he runs it. Now, I feel like this team have started to change. I feel like they get in on terms after their bye week. Um, they look a lot better. Now, hey, Maybe that's because they played some sub teams, but also you're talking about uh, losing to some bad teams, almost losing to some bad teams. But we talked about it earlier the Chiefs; they're on this, they're on the same pace now. Obviously, the Chiefs are, are a different team, but you know they've almost lost to the Falcons. You know, now with Tom Brady, I always feel like there's one thing you can't do if Tom Brady's on your team, and that's count him out. Like you never look at Tom Brady and you never go, yeah, like he he he's probably going to lose this game. Whenever you have Tom Brady, even when the books, you know, he first started playing the books, I had the books going quite well this season, only losing to like a few, a few teams, the Saints being some of them. Um, 
but I feel like playoff Tom Brady is a different kind of breed. I feel like he's so like he's so locked in, he's so serious, he motivates people around him. I just feel like once you get into that zone and Tom Brady's in that zone of like he's on, he's switched on, you win. Uh, and I feel like that's the one thing that you know teams need to worry about if you go up against this, this Bucks team in the playoffs is that Tom Brady has the ability to switch. It don't matter what you've done, it don't matter what he's done in the the regular season, what matters is in the playoffs now, and it's a different ball game. Now it's every, you know, everything counts, and now he's more locked in than he's ever been. You know, there's something about playoff Brady that scares me if I'm going up against him. Like I wouldn't want to be a defense going up against him. Um, actually, maybe if we're in the Super Bowl because he's had a, he's, you know, he's had some games in the Super Bowl where he's performed awfully and still won. You know, but if you have Tom Brady on your team. I don't feel like you can ever count them out. I feel like he's one of those players that can just change like the momentum, the way a game feels like Patrick Mahomes, right? Like he, he has the same ability when they were playing last year in the playoffs. It was like, Oh, okay. We're getting blown out. All of a sudden Patrick Mahomes, he's on it. He's switched on and the team just rolls and rolls and just kills defenses. Same with Tom Brady. I feel like they have the best chance to beat the Green Bay Packers in my opinion. Well, there's a difference this year than there's ever been for Tom Brady when he's the playoffs. And it's not the fact that he's on a different team. That's not what it is. He has never been a wild card team going into the playoffs. They have almost always been the first or second seed. They are always running through Foxborough trying to get to the, the, the Super Bowl. But when they go through the AFC Championship game, which he was in pretty much every single year against the Steelers, whatever team it was, he was in Foxborough. So that home playoff game helped him out a lot. So I don't think, I think he should, you know, with a wild card team here, having to go into green Bay, having to go into all these teams. So with a warm weather team, like the Buccaneers, you could see them struggle in the cold frigid winter of green Bay. Yeah. Well, bring up that point though, you know, Tom Brady has had many, uh, many awful playoff games, many cold games, obviously down in Foxborough. It's not, it's not the best, but obviously it's nothing like Lambo. It's nothing like what what they get down there. Um, I was listening to Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers talk, and uh, hey, they like it when it snows. They feel more confident. Aaron Rodgers said that uh, he feels like teams are more deflated. They want to go home. They don't want to play in this weather. But for them, it's just it's football. But when other teams come, it's like hey, like when the Titans talk about the Titans, he's like you know. It feels like they don't want to be there. They don't want to be in the cold. They can't wait to get on the warm bus. We're the team, you know, uh, who is still ready and out there and we're playing because we're used to it. Um, so Tom Brady, I don't think will have the issue, but his team potentially has the issue as well. Um, you know, Gronkowski, he's been looking a lot better. Hey, yeah, he did play down in Foxborough for a while, but, you know, since he retired, he was partying in Miami. He was, he was all over the place at that Miami Super Bowl party. Now he's down in Tampa, so Tom uh, Tom might not have the connection with Gronk. Yeah, that is a, that is a big thing. Home field advantage is huge going into any game, regardless of like fans here or not. Like playoffs, you know, if you're at home, you're more comfortable. If you're not at home, you're less comfortable. Um, but yeah, you bring up a good point there. We'll quickly move on uh, to our predictions for the game, uh, and then we'll we'll get off the playoffs. But okay. We're going to start really quickly with a game that I think is actually quite interesting. Um, now, you might not think it is, but I feel like the Seahawks and Rams are going to be, uh, it's going to be a, like a very good matchup. Um, I want to know from you, though, who's going to win between those two? 
All right. We saw these two teams play two weeks ago here. I mean, Seattle and the Rams, that it's, we saw two weeks ago, Seattle beat the Rams in a game, which looked, which was not even as close as it looked. I mean, I've seen nothing that the Rams have done in the past two weeks that has changed from that to now. And with when they've been able to lose teams like the freaking Jets, I don't have any faith they'll be able to, you know, win a game against the Seattle team here. The only thing I feel like is going to make this game close is, look, I, I, like, I love Russell Wilson. I think he's one of the best to play it. But we saw that struggle early in the season. So we saw Russell Wilson in the first, like, four weeks. He came out and absolutely fired on all cylinders, right? Like, he had so many touchdowns. He was playing amazing. But the one thing that worries me about Russell Wilson, he's, he is not prone to turnovers. Like, that's one big thing about him. Um like the Rams, okay, they did look a bit off, you know, the past couple of weeks. But what's to say that's that's uh that's not going to change? Like you look at that Patriots game and they they were just firing, firing, firing as well. I feel like this team could have the chance to upset them. I did have the Seahawks winning, but I feel like it's one of those games where you know what? Like I would not be surprised if the like the Rams pulled it out because for as bad as they've been at some points in the season you know, they've been 10 times better at other points, you know, and I look at that team to be one of those teams that can be up and down. And I feel like against the Seahawks, they can be as well. I don't want to count them out because they were, they, they were quite explosive. You know, they, they did have some games where you looked at them and went, Jesus Christ, like, is this team really like it? Or are they, are they, are they, you know, just, are they just fluking it? And then it, but then you look at other games, like you said, they, they lost to the Jets and you're like, okay, what's going on here? And then, but look, I feel like I, I made a prediction halfway into the season that I felt like this Rams team could actually take it all the way. Now, I, I, I will probably take that back and say I'm, I'm wrong with that. But there is something about me that I feel like this, I feel like this Rams team could beat the Seahawks. I am going to take the Seahawks in this game just because I like the organization a lot better. I like what they do on offense and defense. I think that team is more of a unit than the Rams are. I feel like they've got that sort of like base set behind them. Now, I don't know about you, but there's one thing about moving stadiums to me is when these teams find these new stadiums, it feels like they lose their base. It feels like they lose themselves. It feels like they lose the character of the team. And it's like the Raiders, you know, it's the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, you know, and it feels like it's lost that Raiders like element, the Los Angeles Rams. And, I don't know if it's just me, but when teams sort of have these new stadiums, have these new these new names, it feels like they've got to rebuild that sort of that feeling again of being that team. Now I might sound stupid, but I don't know about yourself, but do you do you get what I mean? Do you sort of feel like it's the same thing where teams like aren't really the same until they sort of settle into where they are? I mean, you could as an element of uh of being going through COVID right now where you don't know like what's going on with the fans. You don't have fans here. And when defenses run off fans, you know, and fan noise that sometimes they just don't play effectively as well. And that's what Aaron Rodgers has said in the past. He said, these defenses have never played in a spot like this and it's making it incredibly easy for us. And then for this game, it's just a matter of who I trust more the quarterback position. I think that Russell Wilson is miles better than, than, 
Jared Goff is. I think Jared Goff is in the same conversation for being quarterback like Kirk Cousins or, or we were talking about earlier, Baker Mayfield. He's that middle-of-the-road quarterback who's a game manager who can win you a game if you're playing well, but he isn't going to tr- go and win the game for you like a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or one of those guys is, or even Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson will win you those games, and I think that this defense – has improved since they've gotten Carlos Dunlap. I think that's been a very major addition to this defense. So I think that it's going to be very, very easy for the Seattle team to win this game. Okay, so look, I'm still going with Seattle. You're going Seattle as, a, as like a very easy win. I'm going a, a potential upset for the Rams, um, but I've still got Seattle as like my main, my main hope. Uh, talking about mm-hmm. Russell Wilson and Jared Goff, yeah, they're not, they're not on the same page. Like you said, middle of the bunch if. Um, Kirk Cousins is playing well with the Rams are playing well. Like they they can perform, but you've got to actually you've got to actually be there. You've actually got to perform well, and that it's it's a easier said than done. Like it's easier said than done to actually be able to perform, and especially in the spot they're in. Um, so I'm taking the Seahawks. You're taking the Seahawks. We'll move on quickly to our next game, uh, and we have well, I think we already discussed this, and we know what each other is going to say. Um, and I don't want to go into much detail because we kind of already did, but the Washington uh, Redskins. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. My bad. I said the Redskins. Washington football team uh, going against the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going Tampa Bay. We've already discussed it a little bit, and I'm guessing you aren't, you aren't going with an uh, upset in this one. I don't see the Washington football team's offense being able to outscore the Buccaneers offense. That's not happening. I think if it's a low scoring game, somehow I think they could pull up an upset, but I don't see that being a low scoring game. So I see the Buccaneers taking an easy win here. Hey, one thing I want to discuss quickly about that game is actually two things. Number one, Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. My opinion, there's like no way, you know, he isn't. Oh, without a doubt. He's the guy. Right, right. And imagine if he won this game, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers imagine uh, imagine that like that would cement him as like uh one of the best the best stories in the NFL probably won't happen let's be honest it won't happen um but if he wins one... this game they're gonna rename the award after him the Alex yeah that definitely they should <laughs> <laughs> petition it look but there's one thing I want to bring up and uh if there's one thing I know about Brady is there's one way teams can beat him and that is with pressure. We talk about Tom Brady being beaten in past years and the ability for teams to put pressure on him. Once he, you know, once he gets pressure, once he doesn't know where the blitz is coming from, once he he gets shaken up a couple of times, once he, you know, once he's on edge, Tom Brady sometimes isn't the best quarterback to have on your team when they are applying pressure because he does make mistakes. You know, not everyone's perfect. Everyone has a crypt tonight, you know, and um that's one thing about Tom Brady that he struggles with. Now, with a defensive line like the Washington football teams, which give them credit, they might not be the best team in the league, but they do have a good defensive line. Chase Young has been playing amazing defensive uh, rookie of the year for me. Um, do you feel like Brady has the ability to potentially underperform in this game just because of the the pressure they can apply on him? And, you know, we've seen it in past years and many people have said it, including Tony Romo, that if you put pressure on Brady... You know, you always look at these, uh, you know, there's analysis as they do before the game in the first like quarter when the offensive run out. And it's always key to the game. Put pressure on Brady. Blitz Brady. Uh, it makes him struggle. And everyone says it because it's true. Do you feel like if they have that that going into this game that they uh, they could have the potential to pull off an upset just because Brady doesn't play well? 
I think out of any team in the league to put pressure on Brady, I would trust the Washington football team the most to do that. They have the best defensive line in football, and there's four first-round guys on there. Every single guy could be a, the best player on multiple other defenses. So it's not like this guy is just, just Chase Young trying to get him and they have to double that guy. No, they can kill you multiple different ways. So, you know, for sure, I think they're going to underperform with Brady here. I think they can it's going to look a little bit closer than you're going to think it's going to be, and then it's everyone's going to be a little surprised here. But I still think the Buccaneers are going to win this game. But if there's one thing that I've noticed – uh, you know, Bruce Arians loves to go for that deep ball. He loves the big plays. Obviously, Tom Brady's a get it out of your hands quick kind of guy. Now, if you've got that pressure and you've got to wait for, uh, say, for example, Antonio Brown or Mike Evans to develop a play downfield, well, once that pressure's there, you're not going to be able to get a 30-yard pass off with good accuracy because you've got, you know, some big beefcake in your face with his hands there pressuring you, you know? And it's like, if they are going to go for the let's hit deep balls, let's do this, let's do that, let's play, you know, uh, this this uh, ball downfield, let's get huge chunk plays, then I feel like they aren't going to win. What they've got to do is play how Brady is used to playing against a team who can pressure them so well, and that's by doing the short passes. I don't feel like there is any need to try and, uh, you know, throw the ball deep when you've got, uh, you know, players trying to develop downfield, and then you've got a defensive line coming in on Brady Hutt because they know that's probably what's going to what's gonna break him. So I feel like if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers want to counter that, Tom Brady has to get that ball out. He has to look for the two, three-yard pass that develops into six yards uh, run after catch. Um, I feel like if Bruce Arians is stupid enough to not let him do that, what he's done for years and had constant success with in the playoffs uh, and in the regular season, you know, you are asking for trouble. If they don't scheme properly... Like you said, it could it could be something that is a uh... so actually we went from talking about how we felt like the uh, Washington football team were easily going to lose it to now potentially if the books don't do things right, you know it could it could completely change the game. I, I hope they do things right, but I feel like if he decides that he's going to make Tom throw twenty thirty yards downfield as the as the main route, that things could go terribly wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's a, not a matter of, I think, who is or if they can win. I think it's a matter of who's going to be the guy to step up and make those plays. And I think so. You can look for one of their running backs, if it's going to be Jones, if it's going to be Fournette, or which guy is going to be the guy who's going to be running down this field like at a record pace here and who's going to have that 100-yard game because one of them is going to have it, I think. And then I think who's the wide receiver that's going to be playing well for him. And I think you could be surprised – with Scotty Miller, I think he's going to do very, very well in this game. He's like their main slot guy behind Godwin here. And if they're trying to double Godwin, I think that Scotty Miller could put up 120 yards receiving in a touchdown. So you wouldn't be surprised with that. That's what worked well in New England, right? The slot receiver is, is like the key position for Tom. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised seeing that either. Like um, exactly. with Tom Brady being able to utilize that spot for years, you've got to, you've got to expect at one point it's going to come into action and potentially the playoffs are potentially the playoffs are it. Uh, yeah, I just think that I think Scotty Miller is in the same conversation here that we saw with Julie Edelman. We saw with Wes Welker, the way he played with Tom Brady and how they would just put up points and just put up the catches, seeing him go down the field and just make those short throws. I think the short throws in this game are going to be what, what wins it, I think, in this game. You know, um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, uh, you compared... Uh, how they played in New England 
um, you know, Wes Walker and Julian Edelman have been some of his top targets. Uh, and you look at, you know, other than Randy Moss, like there wasn't many people uh, in New England where you thought, you know, Randy Moss was only the real guy that Tom Brady would target deep. Other than that, it was a slot guys. It is a short route. That's the way they're going to win, uh, especially with the pressure that Washington could dial up. Um, but I'm still taking the Buccaneers. I feel like they will be able to game plan. They'll be able to overcome the uh, issue with the pressure. Hopefully, Bruce is not that stupid to uh, go his old ways, but I feel like they'll win. Um, hey, and we'll move on to a, another game that I feel like is it's fairly simple. Um, for, for me, it is the Saints versus the Bears. I feel like the Bears just... The Bears were playing nice at the start of the year. Then it just it dropped off. They did enough just to get themselves in the playoffs, but I do not have the Bears team beating uh, Sean Payton uh, and that amazing uh, offense, amazing defense. Uh, potentially there is the option for Alvin Kamara to be out, but um, they did say that Alvin Kamara probably will be in this game, but I've still got the Saints winning, even if Alvin Kamara is out. I feel like that team is just a lot better than the Chicago Bears. Well, if you're a Saints fan in this situation, you got to be pretty happy because you pretty much just got a second bye week against the Bears. I mean, this Bears offense, I mean, has been kind of surprising uh, for the games. They have not been playing the Packers. They put up 30-plus points in every single game. A lot of those teams aren't very good defenses, but they're still putting up points, and that was their main issue. So you could see a game where it's like a like a 21 to a 42 because I don't really trust this Bears defense right now against mm them but you could see a closer game than anticipated here yeah well you know at the start of the season wasn't it um Nick Foles playing at quarterback I believe Nick Foles started the year and then it was uh, Mitch Trubisky who started for a few started, games and started then... it yeah okay and then Nick Foles mm-hmm. came in and then Mitch came in and I feel like they've rolled with Mitch since haven't they yeah they've been doing pretty well against pretty much every single team besides the Packers with Mitch Trubisky and that quarterback yeah, well, the one thing that makes me a bit surprised to see them in the playoffs is usually when the team has quarterback issues, they don't really they don't really take it the whole way and uh, get themselves into the playoffs. But they've managed to do it, and I think it was just because of that hot start they had at the start of the season. Um, but at the same time, I just don't feel like, hey, look, they did enough to get into the playoffs. You should be happy where you where you were, where you stood, um, and how you was able to sort of battle into that position. But I don't feel like against the Saints, they've really got a chance to make much of this uh, playoff run personally. I'm taking the Saints to to win this game and I don't even feel like there's the option for like an upset in this game just because I don't feel like the Bears have it in them to really compete with a team, uh, especially if Alvin Kamara's in. Nah, it's game. It's game. If Alvin Kamara, uh, Kamara actually plays and, you know, performs to his standard. I know he was injured, uh, was no, not injured, sorry, COVID. So, you know, sometimes you, you see that when players come back, they might be a little rusty after having COVID because obviously they've not trained. You know, their bodies might have weakened a little bit because their immune system's been uh, tampered with. But other than that, if he comes back and uh, he he plays like, you know, his uh, Christmas Day performance, then there's no way this Bears team can win because, well, let's be honest, you've got the best running back one of the best head coaches, one of the best quarterbacks, and a fairly solid defense on that on 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 the on the Saints team. Right. I mean, as John Madden once said, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks at all. So, I mean, an eight and eight team is like, yeah, you're in the playoffs, but 
you're eight and eight right now. You're not, you're not very good. Teams can beat you. Half the teams that you played beat you. You're literally not very good. I mean, and this is, I mean, you're also playing against a team that has Alvin Kamara and you have the coach, but this is Drew Brees in his last year. And my, this is his last year. If you ask me, he cannot throw the deep ball like he has in the past few years. So you could see something like that being a problem. And I think this rushing defense for the bears is actually better than people are saying it is. I think they could win in that way, but I don't see that happening. The chances I see it being a little bit closer, but yeah, exactly. All right. Um, Hey, I'm taking the saints easily on this one. Uh, Like I said, I'm not sure on the score because it just depends on how the saints play the game. You know, if they decide they're going to, they're going to run the ball, you know, probably the score will be a bit lower. If they decide they're going to throw some deep passes, like you said, the, the issue has been Drew Brees uh, last, last year, in my opinion, last year, in your opinion. Um, and let's not forget, like, hey, Drew's suffered many injuries. Like, he is not, he's not a, uh, you know, a, a newborn chick anymore. Like, he is an old rooster. He's, he's out. He was out last year. He was out this year to injuries, you know, people had to cover for him. But if there's one thing that, you know, that proved was Drew Brees isn't the driving force behind this team. What is the driving force is the ability for, the, ability for the next man up, the ability for Sean Payton to uh, scheme and the team just to really, like I said, play that next man up mantra and keep going, not worry that you don't have your star quarterback there. And it proves that Drew Brees might not, you know, be needed in that organisation to be, you know, a good playoff competing team but with Drew Brees there it's a lot better but he has to be healthy like you saw how he played against the Chiefs he struggled he really did struggle when he came back but um when he's healthy he'll be a lot better but he's he's old now he's got kids now um he hasn't you know the thing with Tom Brady I think that's made him uh you know being able to I guess beat uh, beat father time was just you know, his ability to prepare, his ability to to play well, and also his ability um, to have a good offensive line and not take hits. You know, he he got that ball out quick. You know, the only hit he took was just being was just being pushed over. So, you know, Drew Brees, probably his last season, um, that team's still going to beat the Saints. Uh, the Saints team's still going to beat the Bears, sorry. Do you think the injuries are possibly a driving factor for him to win? I mean, he, I can guarantee he doesn't want to go through one of those injuries again. And I can guarantee you, he's like, I just want to win the Super Bowl and I want to ride off into the sunset. This is my last year. I'm going to put everything I got into this year before I retire. So I, you could see that happening where he could be playing lights out somehow just because this is last run. You could happen. Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely agree with what you said there. Like, I was thinking it myself. I don't know about a Super Bowl win maybe not even a Super Bowl appearance but I feel like we could see you know Drew Brees really like try and ball out um but the issue with quarterbacks doing that is you know sometimes when you try too hard and you force things that's where things go wrong you know once you try and get out your comfort zone you know even though he is a great player if you if you risk things just a little too much you know in the playoffs things can go wrong so I hope he doesn't try and overplay but I feel like he'll probably come out there with a bit of a bit of energy, a bit of zip behind him, a bit of, hey, this could be the last time I even play football. Like, if we lose this game, this could be my last game ever. So I'm not going to come out here and play mediocre. I'm going to come out here and prove to everyone, I'm Drew Brees. I'm a Super Bowl champion. Uh, I've won the MVP award. 
Uh, I've been in this league for how many years now? Is it? Uh, Jesus Christ. Not as long as Tom Brady. 17, 18 years. Something like that, right. Something like that. And it, it is like, you know, I, I feel like he, sort of like Peyton Manning did, He, if he's going to go out, you know, he's going to go out on a high note. Potentially not a Super Bowl win because he doesn't have that uh, Denver Broncos defense like Peyton Manning did. But at the same time, I feel like he is going to, he is going to play some of the best football uh, he has ever played in recent years uh, in the playoffs. And hey, look, there's no Vikings this year. So um, you could get past the first round, you know, <laughs> like that. <laughs> if the Vikings were here, it could be a different, it could be a different story. I would look for a high completion percentage from Drew Brees and uh, this defense basically winning the game for him just because this is maybe the best defense in the league. I mean, it was week 15, week 16, they were the number one ranked defense of the entire year. So you could see them doing what the Denver Broncos did with uh, with Peyton Manning and winning him that Super Bowl. Potentially, potentially, but I just feel like... Uh... To a lesser extent, of course, then. Yeah, well, I feel like this defense aren't enough just to carry them. I feel like if that makes sense. Like, the defense are good, but I don't feel like they're one of those carry defenses. Um, like, if they went up against the Chiefs like they did, you know, like the Chiefs exposed them. The Chiefs exposed them. They scored loads of points on them. Uh, and it was up to the offense to recover, you know, uh, you know the defense's problems. The offense couldn't do that. They lost. Um, so if they did go to the Super Bowl and the matchup was against someone like the Bills, someone like the Chiefs, it's it's uh, it's enough to keep you con- like contending, but the offense have to pull something out of their arse and have to play. Like that's that's the one thing. So if they did get to the big game, uh, I'm not relying on that defense to win in the game. I'm relying on that offense and that defense to both step up and both put points up. But hey, they've got to get there first. That's the big thing. They've got to get there first. So there's a lot of talk, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk, even though they haven't won the Bears game. So, but I still have them winning that Bears game. You do too. Uh, so I think we covered all the games that are going to be happening this weekend. Obviously, we don't, we can't really cover the next games because we don't actually know who's won those games yet. Uh, we'll have to wait until next season, uh, next year, next year. Damn, next week. I'm skipping a lot. I'm excited for next year. Apparently, um, we'll have to wait for next week and uh, to even be able to cover those games because I don't like covering games where. You don't, you know, it's a prediction. Oh, this team might be in it. Well, there you go, <laughs> you know. So there's our predictions. Uh, is there anything you have you want to say really quickly about the playoffs? Maybe, uh, I don't know. Well, what, what could it What could it be? A, a little upset, maybe a bold prediction. Maybe, uh, you know, the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. Sort of, <laughs> have you got anything where you, where you feel like you, what you could tell me that I'm going to be like, there's no way. Um, looking through my predictions that I have here, just I think the Packers Chiefs Super Bowl. I think that's what's going to happen here. I think Bills are not going to be able to beat the Chiefs, and I think the Packers are going to be able to make it to the Super Bowl. And I think this could be a very, very close game because these are the two highest scoring offenses in the league with some subpar defenses. So it's going to be a matter of which of these MVP quarterbacks can do it. These are the top two quarterbacks in the MVP race. So this would be probably the best matchup you would you could want as a fan outside of the fans of a playoff team to root for. So, Okay. I'm going to say something that I might be able to uh, to shock you with. Okay. These two teams go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Rodgers wins his second Super Bowl ring, I believe that'll be his second, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. He's only won the one. Uh, 
if Aaron Rodgers goes into that Super Bowl, wins against Kansas City, he's going to do a Peyton Manning. He's going to ride off into the sunset with his little cowboy mustache. Uh, yeah, potentially. I, I, I don't know. You know. You know, watching these, like, uh, Pat McAfee's been doing this Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, Rodgers Tuesday thing. And he seems like such a relaxed guy. He seems like one of those guys where it's just like, ah, I'm ready to hang up the boots, you know, like I'm ready to, I'm ready just to call it quits. He, I feel like he like knows that deep down that Green Bay Packers organization didn't want him. Like they didn't want to help him out. Like how is you, how can you go from being uh, a star quarterback, a star quarterback in the whole league, right? In contention to be one of the greatest of all time. to then your team turning around, basically slapping you in the face and going, we ain't going to provide you any help. Instead, we're gonna we're gonna get your backup. What if he just pulls a? Okay, that's fine. I'm gonna win the MVP. Uh, I'm gonna win a Super Bowl. You're gonna see what you missed out on. Here you go. Here's your Super Bowl. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go. You want your you want your different quarterback in there? It's a potential. It's a potential. Um, but I I don't know. It's something about him where it's like, you know, when people start being more open. And they've been very close, you know, and it feels like, hey, this person might be, you know, on his, because now he's being open. Now he's not really caring what he says. It's like Tom Brady. We all know Tom Brady's coming to his final couple of years, right? He plays his two years at Tampa, potentially he retires, right? Two-year contract. And he went on the Howard Stern show and just let everything go. And it was like, okay, this is a different Tom Brady. This is a different guy. And he's only got two years left. Potentially it's just a, like a, a little retirement home, go there for two years, get a little bit of money in your pocket, potentially go to the playoffs and just enjoy it, you know? And Aaron Rodgers has been doing the same thing. He's been a bit more open. He's talking a lot more. Uh, you know, he's been on the Pat McAfee show. So I just feel like that potentially if he did win, he proved himself, you know, he, he, yeah, you can leave, you can leave, you can retire and you can call it a day. And then one thing, uh, if Patrick Mahomes wins his second Super Bowl, repeats, is he already in contention? Now, this is crazy. Is he already in contention to be one of the best to ever play on an NFL field? If he wins two Super Bowls in his, what, third year starting, is it now? His fourth year in the league? If he wins It'll two Super Bowls. Year. His third year starting, three, right? Two Super Bowls and an MVP in three years. In three years. Is he going to be... Got a doubt for a contention there, yeah. Even if he called it quits after that, right? Obviously, he's not because he's got the biggest contracts in the NFL and he's so young. Even if he did call it quits, you know, is it is it something where you look at and go, okay, this guy, this guy is probably one of the greatest to ever play? Or do you just go, well, he's only won two Super Bowls. He's not proved himself for more than five years. There's no way you can call him a GOAT. I mean, if he retired after the, winning the Super Bowl this year, you would see him in the same light as like you see Megatron or Calvin Johnson as one of the best receivers of all time. Like, yeah, he was the best at his time, but we only got to see a little snippet of his career because he retired or the same way you could say with Barry Sanders. And we'll say Barry Sanders is the greatest quarterback of all time, but or running back, sorry, but you only saw a few years of him. He could have mm. played way longer and done way better stats, but yeah, I could, you could see that. And then with your Aaron Rodgers point, I think if this is two or three years down the road, his contract is he has four years left, including this year on his contract and two, three years, his contract is pretty much over. He's almost 40 years old. 
he wins another Super Bowl then, then I could say he could retire. But right now, he said, he, on the Pat McAfee show like you were talking about, he said, I've, I've felt better than I ever have in this league. I've been sacked less times than I ever have. I've been having more fun in this team than I ever had in my career. He's having so much fun. I have no doubt that he'll be back to the Packers next year. Hey, sometimes you, you have leaving the Packers, possibly, but it's the option is there. No, no, I don't see like I don't see him leaving the Packers. I feel like if he is going to ever call it a day, he will retire as a Packer. He will keep his legacy in Green Bay because the one thing about Green Bay and the whole Packers organization is the fans, like the loyalty to the city, the loyalty players have to that city, like. You look at um, ex Green Bay uh, Green Bay Packer players, and they've all got that loyalty to Green Bay. They've all got that, like you know, still go pack go, even though they're not even playing in the NFL, right? You think about um, NFL players, and the only sort of like pride they have in teams they play for is like college teams, right? It's like uh, Roll Tide in their bio or something, but they will never they will never stay loyal to the NFL team. The NFL team is just like their career. It's like hey another another place is offering me more money okay that's fine i'll go there you know and even we proved it with tom brady 20 years in an organization and he was happy to move on and take a different contract and just not retire but i feel like the green bay packers is one of those organizations where unless you get kicked out you know you play there you stay happy because they usually win they're not an awful team um they have great fans people love you down there why not stay why not be loyal to it and i feel like you know, the Packers have some of the most loyal fans, the most loyal uh, players. And I feel like the teams really just do love the organization. I don't see him retiring, uh, retiring, uh, sorry, leaving the Packers, going to a different team. The only thing I could see is if he gets pushed out that door and there was already the sign of it in the draft where they said, hey, let's draft another quarterback. Like, you don't need another quarterback. Go get yourself a nice little backup in like, they could have even picked up Cam Newton. I mean, I know he's not, I know he's not like Green Bay caliber quarterback, but you know you're talking about if it was just a case of hey we need a we need a quarterback who's ready to go. If Aaron Rodgers get hurt, you know you want someone who's got experience, not a rookie. You only you only get Jordan, a rookie. Jordan Love, the guy they got, isn't even the backup. He has not been activated for one game. Right. Tim so why, Boyle why right bring now him is in? The backup for Green Bay. Exactly. Yeah. First round. The first round I pick was agree. Yep. Right, so why why bring him into the organization? In the first round to get him. Yeah, right. Why? 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 That's that's the only thing that like that's the only reason I feel like they could actually kick him out the door. Now, obviously, he's been playing lights out that se- this season, so that might have maybe they was thinking, look, he is a great quarterback. We could probably get a few good picks for him. Maybe we get a bit of money in our pocket. You know, he goes somewhere else and. Maybe they felt like he was the reason why they weren't winning, winning, and maybe they felt like they could do it with someone else, a uh, different quarterback, and maybe that's why they did. But this season just proved that that team relies on him. Like if he if he's out, they're they're nothing. And I don't see why they traded up to get Jordan Love. I you know, you, how long did you say he had left on his contract? Four years. Four years, including this year, so it'd be the same as Jordan contract that's why i didn't make any with directing him is all right this aaron Rodgers, we're paying him 30 million a year and we have to pay all these guys here we're not going to be able to pay batiari kevin or uh the frank clark and all these guys you can't you can't pay all of them right Mm. 
And if you have this young quarterback with a comparison coming out of college to be like, he could be like a guy like Pat or uh, Patrick Mahomes. If you rest him for a few years and then go behind a quarterback, you're thinking, well, okay, well we could have a very good team right now with an amazing quarterback and a young quarterback on a rookie contract, like Patrick Mahomes and be good for the next 15 years. And when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you're thinking, why the hell am I doing that? You know, Mm-hmm. You, this is a thing you should be in that situation in the next few years. This was not the right year for this, but it appears that the Packers knew something we didn't because we thought the offense was going to struggle. And here they are after the regular season, the best offense in the league with an MVP quarterback. It's like, um, go back to the draft. Okay. So they've drafted Jordan Love. Uh, who was drafted at number five was Tua, right? Tua takes yep. his rookie contract. He's there for five years, right? So let's say Aaron Rodgers retires. Now you've got a quarterback who was taken four years ago, has not had any experience on an NFL field other than, you know, practice, you know, working around Aaron Rodgers. You know, maybe he starts a preseason game, you know? So the only way, I feel like if they're going to keep him around for four years and, you know, not say goodbye to Aaron, that's four years of talent wasted. Right. Like you, you tell someone to, like, you tell someone not to, I don't know, speak for four years. And the first time they ever speak, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle pronouncing words. They've never spoke. Right. You then tell a guy you can only play, uh, you know, barely backup level. You, you get limited snaps for four years and then you expect him to carry your franchise for 15 years. Well, cool. He can be here behind whoever he wants. He could be behind Tom Brady. You could literally sit him in a room of quarterbacks, the best quarterbacks to ever play, you know, let him teach. But if you didn't let him play for four years at NFL standard, he's not going to be the guy for 15 years. Like that's, there's no way you can trust a guy to sit, you know, sit behind people. And, you know, a guy who wants to play, he's been picked in the first round. You know, you get picked in the first round, you expect to play in the first season. Like there's not many teams that draft in the first round, never mind draft up in the first round to pick a guy and not expect him to play in the first year. So what makes you think they're going to wait four years to even put this guy in an NFL uh, game? Start him. What's going to, you know, an actual NFL game? I'm not talking preseason. I'm talking regular season, games that matter. When are they going to do it? If it's in four years' time, you've just wasted a talent that you acquired in the first round. There's literally no reason for you to do that unless you're thinking of getting, getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. Here's a situation that I, you could see happening in the next few years and may surprise some people. And I'm going to use Aaron Rodgers as an example. When Brett Favre was the guy, it was about two years into halfway through his contract for Aaron Rodgers. You see this and you see Aaron Rodgers uh, offer it up in a trade with the Oakland Raiders for Randy Moss in a second round pick. That's what the Raiders offered him. So you can see Aaron Rodgers playing like he's right now for the next two, three years. And a team like the Eagles or a team like the Washington football team that need a quarterback at this time, they can go and try trading for Aaron Rodgers and giving up their best wide receiver. Or not Aaron Rodgers, but you could get Jordan Love. And then you can get a very good wide receiver for the last few years, Aaron Rodgers' career, and then a pick where you can go pick up another quarterback and then have him go for a few years, and then he's the guy. So you could, I could definitely see that happening with a team, even like the Steelers with a – the guy like Claypool maybe in a few years develops a little bit better. You could see him out of town. 
Interesting. I, 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 it just feel like that they drafted Jordan Love with the intention of getting rid of Aaron quicker than his contract expires. And in my opinion, oh, without a doubt, yeah. Look, moving off from the Green Bay Packers and the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, but keeping on the sort of like same train as quarterbacks and moves and moves around the NFL. There's one thing that has been, you know, in talks lately, and that is Deshaun Watson potentially uh, moving away from the. Uh, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Titans, Jesus Christ, the uh, Texans. Um, what do you think? Do you feel like Deshaun Watson is going? Do you feel like he will not be around? Do you feel like they're going to trade him or do you feel like he's going to stay? I predicted this before the season started. You can go back to one of my first episodes. I predicted that, uh, that he would go to a team like maybe for you, like the Patriots or a team that needs a quarterback right now, and they can give up of two first-round picks here. And I think the only situation where you can see this happening is if he tries getting a trade, because the Texans are not going to try getting rid of this guy. But you could see, I think if I think if J.J. Watt leaves, I think Deshaun Watson is next. And I definitely can see J.J. Watt leaving this team. I don't think Deshaun Watson wants to sit around for a few more years doing the rebuild. Well, we see, like, we saw the unhappiness of J.J. Watt in his press conference. We saw that this guy was not happy with the way the organization had set things up. We we saw that he wasn't happy with Bill O'Brien. Obviously, he didn't mention that, but let's be honest. We knew that Bill O'Brien was the reason for this Texans team ultimately crumbling, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. That was a move that really surprised everyone. Um, and it didn't. It did not work out for them. It did not work out for them. And we know that JJ Watt's unhappy. We saw a mic top just a couple of days back. I think they released it two days ago, and it was JJ Watt apologizing after week seventeen to Deshaun Watson for wasting one of his years. And you know, JJ Watt is such an influential guy on that team, right? Like not only in that team, sorry, but that that city, like Houston, you know. He's been such a big like contributor to the city. He's been such a big contributor for the team. And you know he's only got love and passion. And you know he's only coming at things with his best interest. And when he tells the quarterback, I'm sorry, you know, we've done this to you. Like, there's there's no way Deshaun Watson sat there and went, oh, okay, yeah, it's okay. No worries. Like, that's, it doesn't matter next year. You know what I mean? He sat in his mind and went, I did waste one of my years. JJ Watt told me, you know, like, there, you know, and I won't be surprised. Wasn't there a rumor that he spoke to his teammates on actually requesting a trade? I believe as well. So, like the words around the locker room that you know Deshaun's going, but the Texans can't get rid of him. They can't afford to lose him. Like he's been their only bright spark. Uh, him and JJ Watt. But let's be honest, JJ Watt's getting old. He isn't. He isn't going to be the same player as he is. But he's their only bright spark future-wise. I'm sorry, but. If you lose him, you turn into the New York Jets, in my opinion. You turn into like an organization where you're probably going to be looking for that number uh, number one spot, that number one pick in in the, in the next draft or the draft after. And, you know, if he does go, I'm sorry, Texans fans, but I don't feel like it's it's going to be it's going to be good for you. I don't feel like it's going to be good for you. Do you feel like he's going to go to a? Uh, actually, if you do feel like he's going to leave. Um, where do you think he's going to actually move to? Like, what do you think is the best fit for Deshaun Watson right now if he is to be traded? If if he was to be traded, it would be to a team with a top 10 pick right now. So you, you could see a team 
like maybe the Dolphins, because a lot of people are saying that they don't like Tua Tangabaloa, and some of the throws you saw from this year, you're not sure not sure what it is. So you could see him possibly going to Miami and trading back that pick they had this year from they traded for the Laramie Tunzel trades. So you could see that potentially happening in another pick, but but I don't see him going to the Dolphins. But you could see a team like the Panthers possibly or a team like the Washington football team, or a team like maybe the Falcons want to have him instead of Matt Ryan. All these teams that need a quarterback, but I, I say I think the Patriots are going to go and get this guy. Or even the Vikings, maybe. They want to move off Kirk Cousins and get him. You can see all these different teams. There's not one definitive team, in my opinion, that says this guy is definitely going here. Like I, I, like I think with uh, J.J. Watt, with a few teams, but I don't know for Deshaun Watson. Hey, I actually do like what you said about um, him going to the Vikings. Now, there's one thing that we saw when he was with the Texans is when he had targets, when he had weapons around him, like he is a good quarterback. Like, yeah, he can use his feet, but he can throw. Like he can make plays. He knows how to be a, a, a pocket quarterback and at the same time knows when to, you know, dial up the run and actually take off. And the Vikings have a good couple of wide uh, wide receivers down there. Um, they have Dalvin Cook. So obviously you don't have to rely on, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson's ability to to run and throw. You have that running back to sort of relieve the pressure, you know, hey, you take, you take a run, you know, you, you know, let's, let's, you know, no more, we'll take a break, stop throwing it. And also there's one thing that uh, comes into my, my mind is Deshaun Watson has played in uh, Houston, warm climate, and also he's played indoors. So I feel like him going to a team like the Patriots, I feel like he might struggle just a little bit because of the weather. Uh, indoor indoor teams, you know, usually struggle when they go outdoors. They only play wild indoor stadiums, and the Vikings have a very nice indoor facility. <laughs> it might be cold there, but they have a nice indoor stadium. They have facilities that, you know, stop them from playing out in the cold. And I feel like that's just a good fit for him. Uh, Kirk Cousins obviously isn't the future for the Vikings. The Vikings are playoff contenders, and if they have Sean Watson there, uh, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no question about it. They they probably will be in the playoffs. I feel like that's the best fit for him personally. I don't feel like the best fits in New England. Um, there's one thing in New England that is very common. And it's they don't like playing. Uh, they don't like paying. Sorry, people, the big money. They don't like to splash the cash. You know, they, they would rather get someone who is, you know, a million, two million cheaper, who's not as good, but they feel that like they can develop him into, you know, a player who can be, you know, potentially a good player. But they would rather do that than go ahead and, you know, take a big player, play him all the money. You know, that's how Bill Belichick is. You know, he he's he's cheap. And so I don't see him. Bill Belichick will pay a guy exactly how much he thinks he's worth yeah. and if he doesn't like it it says all right get out then yeah it's just like there's no way you can go well look look what i've been able to do with this you know awful offense look how i've been able to play if you got a few people around me he'd be like yeah, well well you know you know how, how he is you just if you don't like it then you can go you know and it's like come on like you're not going to be able to convince bill Belichick. i don't think he'll go to new england i do think it's a good fit for him it's the vikings but Hey, it wouldn't surprise me if a uh, the Panthers actually picked him up because let's be honest, the Panthers are in the dire position of needing a quarterback, like dire position. It's like you could end up being an awful team, 
you know, like granted, they they looked okay this season. They played a little, you know, a little bit good in the first couple of weeks, but you know, they we all know there's the big issue there that is a quarterback position. So if he does go there, that's not a bad that's not a bad move. But Texans fans, I'm sorry, but if he does move on, and if JJ Watt does move on as well, your organization is going to become the New York Jets it is going to become, hey, we need a first-round pick sort of thing, probably a tanking season. But, um, yeah, there you go. Deshaun Watson, I feel like, would fit pretty nicely in, in Minnesota. I mean, even no matter what team he goes to, every team is going to uh, is going to get better, you know. So I think a team – a team – hold on, sorry, somebody was calling me there. I think even the Vikings, the Vikings have first round talent on the offensive line and they're adding to it. They have a young defense uh, and a, that, is, that is attempting to get better. You have spent a first round pick on Cam Dantzler, I think his name was, at the cornerback position. You had so many injuries on that defense. That's why the defense was so incredibly bad this year. You see a bunch of those guys coming back from injury and the defense playing well. And you have Deshaun Watson at the quarterback position with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and all these guys, you could definitely see this team being a 14 and two team. Like they were a few years ago or 13 and three, where they could be making a Super Bowl. But at this point, I don't, what happened to Kirk Cousins, you know, can, where does Kirk Cousins go? Hey, Kirk Cousins, in my opinion is, um, is like, if he does leave the Vikings, he does go somewhere else. It's probably backup material. I don't feel like there's many teams that would happily go there and go, yeah, come on, Kirk, come here. We'll, we'll make sure you're happy. We'll make sure because there's been talent in that Vikings team. Like, you think about uh, Stefan Diggs, you think about Adam Thielen playing the year before. Um, who's their tight end? Uh, Rudolph, you know, there is Rudolph a, is getting out, and Irv Smith Jr. is coming in here, right? But when, when last year, when uh, you know, Diggs was in, it was it was Diggs, it was Adam Thielen, it was um. Kyle Rudolph tight end position. He had some good targets around him and you know he he played mediocre. Like he wasn't he he wasn't taking him to the to the place they need to be. So with that talent around you to fail, it, it shows that he isn't the guy for the starting position in, in the majority of teams. You've got to have a good offense built around Kirk for him to play. He's mediocre at best. Yeah, I mean he's he's like we were talking about earlier. He's he's the uh, Baker Mayfield. He is he's the, he's I'd the consistent no, I'd rank Baker Mayfield higher than higher than Kirk Cousins. You know, I don't I don't think Kirk Cousins is. You know, Baker Mayfield has something about him. Kirk Cousins. You know, the, the only thing he's done this season is done the giddy on live TV, and that's it. Like, there's nothing about him where yeah. it's made me feel like this guy could even lead this team to you know winning form again you've got to build a good offense around him and even when they do have a decent offense now you still see he struggles yeah i mean it's a classic case of that he's not going to elevate your team if your team is very good he'll be okay but deshaun watson if your team is okay he's going to make your team great and that's the difference between a, a player like kirk cousins and a player like deshaun watson 100%. I feel like Kirk Cousins is is backup material. Deshaun Watson is let's make this team uh, great material. And, and that's the difference between between him. Kirk is also old as well. So don't expect him to be getting any better uh, over time. You think about Deshaun Watson, he's still quite young. He has time to mature just a little bit. We're a better team around him. Learn from a new coach. Coach who's actually capable of, uh, 
you know, coaching and, you know, winning games, let him learn. He still has time to mature and be a much better quarterback. Kirk Cousins is old. You can't teach an old dog new tricks sort of mentality. Yeah, he's not getting any better. If anything, he's getting worse. So you can't really draft Kirk. You draft Kirk like, sorry, draft. You sign Kirk to a team like you would sign Nick Foles to a team. If your quarterback's doing awful and you might need like a win out the bag or your quarterback's, you know, injured going into an important playoff game, you put him in, you know, it's like, it's like the Rams. If the Rams had a, Kirk Cousins against um, against the Cardinals instead of John Walford, you know, they'd probably be better off. They probably would have, they probably would have uh, won a bit more easily, but he's one of those quarterbacks where he can, you know, he can safely back up your quarterback. He can safely cover your quarterback if he's not doing so well. So he can take a little bit of a mental break, but he's not a quarterback that can lead your team. You shouldn't be signing him to your team. If you think this guy's going to improve your future, because he's not, he's not going to do that. He's, he's just going to be the guy who, Comes in, sits nicely behind the quarterback, pay him a little bit of money, and if you need him, put him in. I'd, exactly. I'd, I'd, I'd he, pick Ryan Fitzpatrick over Kirk Cousins. <laughs> really? Yeah, That's, I really. was just about to compare him. I was like, you could see a situation where he goes to a crappy team and just tries and helps a dumb quarterback learn a little bit before putting him in the spot and then just ditching Kirk Cousins. And you could see him moving around a few teams like Ryan Fitzpatrick for a team that thinks he could get something out of him. But I don't see him getting traded away because I don't think anybody's going to, you know, get him traded away. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, well, you think about... I think, uh, where do you, where do you think JJ Watt's going after this year? If he gets traded? I don't know where JJ Watt is going. I don't know what team. Like, I love JJ Watt. I think he's a great person. I think he's a great player, but the big factor about him, again, is his age. That's a big thing you need to take into consideration when you sign people. Look, he's had some good years. You know, his prime, we all know this, his prime is behind him. He's not going to come out and be defensive player of the year. You know, he's never going to be in that situation. He can play football and he can be one of those players where he can change your team around just a little bit. Um, I like the idea that potentially the Steelers take him, sign him back with his brother, you know, have a dominant debt on the uh, on the D-line. But, you know, that's just like a little fantasy thing, I guess. Like, it would be good. It would be nice. But... If I'm JJ Watt, I'm I'm taking as much money as I can with the Texans, and I'm I'm sticking there because I don't feel like there's going to be many teams. There probably will be teams that want to acquire him, but not Super Bowl champion teams who have the potential to go to Super Bowl. You know, you think about the teams that do have the potential to go to Super Bowl, and the big issue is cap space. And JJ Watt isn't going to come at a dollar. He's going to come at millions of dollars. And that's a big thing. It is the price tag, and it's how much are we going to get out of this guy production-wise? How much is he going to help our team? I just feel like if JJ Watt's going to leave that team, and he wants to leave that team because he feels like uh, he wants to uh, win a ring, then you aren't going to find anyone who wants you. They probably want you. They just can't afford to get you can't afford to give up, uh, you know, good draft picks because there's not many people who are Super Bowl contenders with good draft picks. Chiefs definitely aren't. Um, so you've got to go to a team where you're just getting the money because you're not going to a team that you definitely go, yeah, with this team, I can I, I can win a ring this season, next season. So you either go to a team and you just ball out and you just secure your, secure, secure your paycheck or you just stay with the Texans, secure some money there, and just just ride it out because I feel like he's done so much for Houston. I don't feel like um, he should leave. I feel like he's he's there forever. Uh, otherwise, he's only in a different city for money. 
I mean, I the only situation I see him leaving is in a situation for if he's ring chasing. If he's trying to say get the money, he's just gonna stay in Houston. But if he's trying in trying to ring chase, I think he'll be willing to be you know cut down how much he's getting paid, especially with the new salary cap that's coming up next year. But you could definitely see him uh, cutting down a bunch of money and go and play for a team like the Steelers. Yeah, completely agree with that. What what team needs him that you feel like could win a uh, win a ring? I think the Packers could drastically use him on their team. I mean, he is a he is a player who was a Green Bay fan growing up. He went and played for the Badgers, and he's just he has he has a house in Wisconsin. He loves the state of Wisconsin and everything about it. So it wouldn't surprise me for him to cut down some money and play there on a team that drastically needs pressure. They only pressure about twenty five percent of the time, which is very very low for a team, uh, especially like a good team like the Packers. You need a, a very good edge rusher that can pressure the quarterback. So a, a player like J.J. Watt would be perfect for him. Uh, an iconic player who played in the, the green and gold um, for the Green Bay Packers and who did a great job of applying pressure, Clay Matthews. You know, imagine yep. if he, he turns into like a, a Clay yeah. Matthews. Obviously, obviously yeah, Clay a different Matthews position. Right <laughs> no, I like it. Obviously a different position, but, um, you know, it, it, I don't know how good he would be on that team. I don't know how good the team are scheming for for defensive pressure, but um, he's one. Like I said, he he might be old. He might not be in his prime, but he's still one of those players that can switch on the switch and just you know go for it. Like he will make plays. He will still add that element of okay. We probably have to double him on this play. You know, like um, so he 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 would be someone. And if he is willing to cut down his money, he's willing to come to a team that can help him win. Then yeah, the Green Bay Packers are a good team. They are a good team, but he's got to be willing to cut down his money. And that's the big thing with some yeah, players. They, they don't want to. They don't want to. They want to take the big check. They want to be comfortable. They want to get everything they can in the NFL. Um, you know, it's just up to JJ what, what he wants to do, I think. For sure, man. Okay, so just before we finish up, I've got one question for you. Obviously, the playoffs are here, but I want to look just a little bit over the playoffs, over the draft. I want to go into next season. Which team do you feel like you know, potentially is underperformed and not done as well as they expected, or, you know, you felt that they could do better. Which team's going to come into next year and uh, be the most improved team? Who do you feel like, you know, we're going to see a better version of next season? All right. Well, I talked about this in my podcast earlier this year, uh, before the season even started. I think that the top three teams of the future in the next few years are the Arizona Cardinals. I think everyone kind of anticipates that being a team in the future that can keep improving. I think obviously the Miami Dolphins are going to be one of the best teams in the league next year with another first round or two first round picks next year and a top five pick from receiving from Houston. They could be an extremely good team. But I think the one team that I think is going to surprise a lot of people with who's going to be how good they are is I think the Denver Broncos are going to improve drastically next year with the return of Von Miller in that defense playing very well. I think the defense could be a top 10 defense. And then with Cortland Sutton coming back and Noah Fant coming into his own playing well. And I think with Phil Blinsey, Melvin Gordon, this team is so loaded. I think uh, Drew Locke could play in a position like a Baker Mayfield and, and play play okay and well enough to right. get this team into the playoffs. No, I like your picks there. Obviously, I think the Cardinals, like you said, are a team that were a few more additions. They could be. They, they are playoff bound. You know, they, they're probably playoff bound next season with a few additions. Just missed out on it this year. Miami Dolphins have improved a lot, saying they're still in basically a rebuild year. Um, Denver Broncos are a good pick. There's one that I'm going to throw in there. 
Um, and it's still going to be my New England Patriots. Like with a few additions, they can they can completely change it around. We all know the issues this year. We know what was wrong. We know what went right. We know that if we get a few players back, obviously opt-outs have been big this year. Uh, the up, the opt-in out, you know, the issue of the quarterback. We know Cam Newton isn't the future. We know Stidham isn't the future. If we can get stuff together, we can get a quarterback. We can get our players back. We get the defense playing back to, you know, New England Patriots football style. Special teams are still there. Special teams are the best thing about that team. I feel like not it's like a big shocker to people, but I feel like this team are on the road to being a lot better. They're, they're on the road to actually competing rather than, you know, feeling like they're the, the underdogs um, really going into it. Do you, do you sort of have the same sort of vibe going? I mean, yeah, if you have all those players coming back, it's going to do pretty well for you. I mean, and then it, with the addition of a, for a few picks here, especially in the first round, there's very little teams, I think, that could go for a quarterback here. I mean, you have the top two picks, the Jets. We don't even know if they want to draft a quarterback. So you could see a quarterback like Mac Jones come in, I think that's his name, and come in and be the quarterback of the future for this team and get drafted in the first round. I think you could see that happening this year. Yeah, well, obviously, Bill Belichick hasn't had the issue of drafting a, a quarterback in, in dire need. Uh, obviously, he drafted Jarrett Stidham, uh, but he's never drafted a quarterback where, you know, hey, we need a quarterback. So the evaluation has to be perfect, I think, if you're uh, Bill Belichick or, you know, potentially you do give that paycheck to Deshaun Watson, potentially, and you you move forward, maybe you pick yeah. a good wide receiver. Um, I don't know, that, there was that bomb-ass receiver who's a um, Heisman winner. Is it Devontae? Smith was it? Devontae. Yeah, I think it from uh, Alabama. Think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know where he's going to go. I see that guy. I think he'll go top three. I think he's going to go to the Miami Dolphins this year. You think he's top three? Mm-hmm. Uh, then I'll there's take no right way here. The top three. No way the Patriots are getting it. Unless they draft up, um, we, uh, maybe there's a potential there because um, they do need a wide receiver. Let's be honest, they do need someone in that team because, hey, Cam Newton, you know, he didn't play great, but big issue was wide receivers. Um, we're running towards the final end of our uh, podcast. Now, obviously, you've joined me, so I need to, you know, let the people know where they can find you, where they can hear more of your voice. Um, and we're going to be doing one in the future as well. So, you know, they can go find that one there. So where can they find you? Instagram, socials, where can they find the podcast? Yeah, so you can find my podcast pretty much everywhere. Um, it's it's the First Down podcast. First, that's it with a one ST. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram at First Down underscore podcast. My Twitter is first down or uh, podcast underscore first. Yeah. And then you can message me on any of those. I respond to pretty much everybody who messages me. So if you have any ideas for the, my podcast or any thoughts about this podcast, let me know in there. Sounds awesome, man. I thank you so much for joining me. Uh, great talk, great conversation about some like huge topics in the NFL. Um, I liked your stance on a few, you know, crazy takes going into the playoffs. I'm still, I'm going to call you on it. The, the Steelers are going to beat the Browns. I'll message you when that happens because it will remember it will happen. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I hope, uh, you know, we have a, you know, good, good podcast. So enjoying your, uh, yours. Um, Hey, look, I don't know who you, you're, you're a Green Bay Packers fan, right? I'm a Packers fan. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I hope, I hope the season goes well for you. I hope you, I hope you, uh, take it further into, to it, but, um, I'm just saying once Tom Brady comes to town, watch out, watch out, All right, man. We'll see you then. We will. We will. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Aaron. All right. Um, and time. all listeners, make sure you go check out the First Time Podcast. All right. See you next time, man. See you soon. 
Okay, guys, so thank you so much for joining me in this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Like I said at the start, make sure you go give Aaron a follow, see what work he's doing. And like I said, we're going to be doing a podcast. So that's going to be uh, loads of fun. And I really want you guys to go check that out as well. So you can go follow him on Instagram, like he said, at first. So 1st down underscore podcast. Uh, Go hit him up on Instagram. Go follow him. Go check him out. Uh, Go see what he's doing. Hey, if you want to check uh, me out, give me some support as well. Like I said at the start, at across the underscore pond. Check me out on there, on Instagram that is. Uh, we're also on every single other platform. So that's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, even TikTok as well. You can find all those links in my Instagram bio. That's the place to be if you want to follow this podcast, support what we do. Like I said at the start, lots of big things coming up right now. But look, I appreciate you so much uh, for joining in on this podcast, taking a listen. Every single listen uh, is, is amazing to me. Every time I see my listeners go up on the podcast, it just brings a little bit of joy to my day. And I just think, you know, hopefully whoever's listened to this has, has enjoyed it. Whoever's listened to this has found it uh, fun, informative, uh, and hopefully it's just brightened your day a little bit because it brightens my day when I see people listening and enjoying what I create. Um I did buy a microphone and I'm using that now. So hopefully, you know, you guys uh, can tell the difference because my audio wasn't great with my AirPod Pros. Um, you know, it was it was a bit, it felt a bit distant. Uh, distant. The AirPod Pros are great if you want to, you know, listen to music, take phone calls, but not when you're trying to record a podcast. So I went out, got myself a microphone uh, and, you know, I'm using it now. I use it for the podcast and uh, hopefully it sounds a lot better in your ears and it doesn't sound, uh, you know, awful like the AirPod Post did. Um, yeah, huge thank you for listening. Go check out what I do on Instagram. Go check out Aaron on Instagram. Um, hey, lots of big things to come. And you guys can just ride the wave. Stay along with me. That would be amazing. You're welcome on the ship. You're welcome to stay here. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll have you on um, for as long as you want to be around. I, 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 love, I love having people supporting me. I love having people watch the show. Uh, and all the support you give is 100% appreciated. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.